Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church. As today, we're going to finish up a series that we've uh, been into now. This will be 21 weeks, uh, quite some time. On, uh, we've called it You Have the Words. You Have the Words of Life. We're looking at things that Jesus has said. Um, and as I've said throughout this series, we should always be looking at what Jesus said. He's our model for life and ministry. And also, a little devotional tool to take a verse like I've been taking and just kind of think about it. For a week and ask God to help you use your holy imaginations, which I think is a very redemptive process to um, just consider and think about parts of scripture and, and just stay there and think about what was going on, think about the story, think about uh, what it would have been like and just spend some time there developing what was going on in the process and that it's a very helpful tool and I think it really helps us, uh, you know, in our reading times, keeping the Bible alive and fresh. Um, Bible reading should be a joy, not a chore, um, and when it becomes a chore, you need to think about why and, and start, you know, asking God to help you put life back in it again. Because, you know, we've talked about this, the, it's, it's one of the big attacks of the enemy is to keep you from reading the Bible. It's one of his favorite ones, because he, uh, when you're not reading the Word of God, you're, you're just allowing yourself to take in all the mess of our culture, which is constant and, and depressing because um, it's nothing but bad news. I almost, you know, every once in a while when I'm having coffee, the headlines will be on the, t and it just, it's such, it, there's never anything good. And so, you know, I, I try not to do that, catch my headlines on the, on the internet. But uh, anyway, don't let that be what feeds you um, at that level because it will impact you in a very negative way in your life. You should be, uh, you know, f having the Word of God. Uh, as a significant part of your life and really trying to start your days in the Word of God and, and it'll help you throughout your days in the process. So today, uh, we're going to finish up this series. Like I said, I want to look at something Jesus said um, that he says here at the end that he said in the beginning to um, Peter, which is follow me. And so I want to dig into that a little bit and what that's all about. That's the intro. Transition, there's always a bad joke. And uh, I'll try not to disappoint today. Did you hear about the two peanuts that went walking around in the middle of the night? One of them was assaulted. It's bad, right? It's pretty funny, though. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, I wasn't sure how that was going to work. <laughs> well, I was, actually, but I got to back up anyway. So this pastor, is, um, he's moving to a new church. He's leaving his church after being there for some time, and he... He's saying farewell to the congregation at the church doors for the last time, and he's shaking the hand of the people, and one of the, uh, the elderly saints comes by, and uh, he shakes her hand, and she says, you know, your successor won't be as good as you. And he goes, oh, nonsense, you know, in sort of a flattered tone, and she goes, no, no, really. I've been here under five different pastors, and each new one has been worse than the last. <laughs> okay, so now you like that one better. All right. That'll get you every time. <laughs> That's why I never leave. <laughs> Been here for 20-some years. Stuck with me. John 21, this is our scripture reading. Verse 15. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? And he answered, yes, Lord. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, Take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, Do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. 
you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. I tell you the truth, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went around where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. And then he said to him, follow me. Follow me. Verse 19 is what we're going to focus in on. Jesus said to indicate the death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Now, let me um, sort of give you a little background on what's happening in chapter 21. You know, as you consider it. Um, by this time, the disciples were, were sure of the resurrection. Um, they had seen it and, and they, they believed that that had taken place. But they still weren't sure what they were supposed to do. So, um, they're kind of just hanging out. And like a lot of guys with some spare time on their hands, they decide to go fishing. And uh, actually, it looks like they weren't just going fishing for recreation, but it appears that, that they were going back to what they knew. Because we know that these guys were, there was a lot of commercial fishermen. As many as seven of them could be commercial fishermen. We know about four for sure. But, um, uh, and so uh, they, they were going back to what they know, knew. But the call of Jesus... Um, from when he first called them was still in place. Follow me, he said, and I will make you fishers of men. So Peter and six of the other disciples, including John and James, had been fishing all night, hadn't caught anything. And then Jesus shows up on the shore and says, basically, how's that working out for you? And uh, not very well was the reply. And Jesus tells the fishermen to throw the net on the other side of the boat. And, and th at that point, they catch so many fish that they can't even haul the net in. And the disciple who Jesus loved, that's the Apostle John, recognized Jesus, and Peter jumps into the water and heads to shore as the rest of the disciples follow up in the boat, um, towing in the net that's full of fish. So this is what's happening in John 21. And then, and then Jesus there on the beach makes them breakfast. And, and uh, if you've never heard me say this before, uh, I'm pretty sure Jesus' favorite food is a fish sandwich because that's what he's always preparing at all these events. He's making up some fish sandwiches for them here. And... Um, very interesting too, even in his, uh, his resurrected body, Jesus is still serving his disciples. He's helping them fish. He's cooking them breakfast. And what he's about to do is minister to his friend, Peter. And I, I think it's very significant that you see that um, Peter had, uh, you know, he'd kind of messed up. Um, and and I, I like this about Peter. And he, he's just real. Um, and and I'm, so I'm glad he was part of the group. Because Peter, you know, he was all in, and he wanted to do, he was gung-ho, man. Peter was, Peter was after the things of the Lord, you know, and, and he was all in. But he would sometimes get a little arrogant. Um, he'd sometimes get a little ahead of himself. He'd, uh, he'd sometimes mess it up a little bit. Anybody here ever do any of those things? And so, you know, with Peter, remember, he'd heard from the Lord, and then he'd immediately tried to tell Jesus what to do right after that, and he got rebuked from the Lord. And, um, you know, here at the end, he had said to Peter, you know, he'd said to Jesus, I'll never leave you. Um, but, you know, it got crazy, and Peter took off and denied him three times. And um, this is a process, and now Peter knows that Jesus is resurrected, but I think at this point, Peter is pretty much done with the whole sort of who's the greatest argument um, he's figured he's messed it up good enough. He's done, you know, that, that, that's that. And uh, I might as well go back to fishing because, you know, I've really messed this thing up following Jesus. And so I'm going to go back to what I know. And that's the encounter that Jesus has. But even though Peter is messed up, Jesus loves him 
and wants him to continue on in the life that he's called him to. And, and so um, I think that, that uh, this is really important in the process. Remember now, Peter had denied um, the Lord three times, and in this encounter that I read you in the scripture reading, Jesus reinstates him three times. And then at the very end of it all, he, he says to him, just like he'd said when he would first called him, follow me. Jesus is saying, you don't need to go back to fishing. I want you to continue in the ministry that I called you to from the very beginning. Nothing's changed, even though you've messed up. That calling is still there, and it still holds true in the process. So I think about that and how amazing that is and how much Jesus loved Peter, that he makes this whole thing happen to restore Peter. And, you know, Peter is used incredibly in the early church. You know, it's Peter that stands up and a short time later at Pentecost and preaches the message that, you know, 3,000 are added to the church. And um, Peter is sort of the, the, you know, the guy who really takes, you know, the beginning of the church and makes it happen. <clears throat> in the first chapters of Acts, we read about his ministry. and um, God uses him. Uh, and, and then, you know, we, then we read about Paul sort of taking this thing, you know, to the rest of the world. Um, but but uh, God uses Peter significantly, and Jesus restores him in this process, even though he's messed up and missed it throughout his journey. And, and when I think of this encounter, I think it's reflected in something that Peter says, because, you know, towards the end of his life, Peter takes time to write down, uh, some things that happen, and he writes a, a couple of letters, First Peter and Second Peter. And, and in First Peter chapter two, he says this: "But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy." And, and I want to look through those scriptures with, our, with the context of our story in mind that, that, he, that Peter had been one of those who had been called into this whole process and messed it up along the way and yet God's faithfulness remains true. And when Peter is talking and, and writing these things down um, towards the end of his life, uh, he, he wants people to know that, that he's experienced this for himself. And there's, there's five things in those couple of verses that I think are really important for us to know as we end up this series and as we press on from here. And, and the first thing is this, and, and these are all about what it means to follow Jesus, because that was the whole thing, follow me. And, and so we're all called to do that now. Uh, we're to follow him, and that's what we're looking at. First thing you need to remember and always hang on to is that God chose you. God chose you. Um, sometimes we get that a little backwards. We think that we chose him, um, you know, or that, that, you know, that was all about us, um, and, you know, but, but God chose you. 1 Peter 2, 9, you are a chosen people. He chose you. He picked you. He wanted you to be uh, a part of his family. He, 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 um, he wants you to be with him throughout all time. He picked you for that process. He chose you. Um, and, and he did that because you matter. You count. You have value. You're an asset to, to the team he's put together, if you would. And knowing that God has chosen you um, it really will allow you to um, not be preoccupied by, by how you fit and where you fit and what that looks like. Um, it, it will allow you not to feel like you have to compromise your belief, maybe do things that you really don't want to do in order to feel a part of something because in Christ you are a part of the most amazing thing in the universe. 
You're, you're, a, you're a part of his team. You're, you've been chosen by God. And, and sometimes I think, you know, we have trouble with that, um, that whole process. And, and I think it relates to this. I don't see it happening as much anymore. When we were kids, when I was a kid anyway, when, when, um, when there was a team to be, when there was a game to be played, um, the process was that you picked two captains, and ever had this painful experience in your life for some of you, and the two captains would then begin to pick the people that were around to be on their teams. And, and um, um, it was cool to be picked first or second, but it was not cool to be the last one or to be the one that, and, you know, there was two last guys and the other guy would say, you can have them both. <laughs> I don't want either one of those losers on my team. Um, and, and I don't know if anybody ever experienced that, but it can be a pretty painful thing. Um, and, and I think, you know, even some of the best athletes have experienced that when they were hanging out with kids that were older than them or something. You know, things happen and it's a horrible experience. Um, and I think sometimes we hear, well, he chose me because he had to. Um, you are like a first round pick. I want you to know that. In, in the old room, he looked at you and he I want you. Uh, there were no last picks. There was no, you're just kind of left, so I got to take you. First rounder. He picked you. He chose you. You need to think of yourself like that. In this process, you're a first rounder. And uh, first pick, first round, that's you. God chose you. Second thing you need to know as we follow him. He actually chose you to be a minister. You think, well, that's interesting. Peter says a royal priesthood from that verse. Uh, and and the, the idea there is, is that we're called to represent and serve for Jesus. Um, the, the word, uh, you know, if you look in the original language, it's a public servant or, or someone who operates in the temple um, or, or of the gospel or a worshiper of God or a benefactor of man. But uh, he, in fact, chose you, called you to be a part of what's going on in, in his story. And he, he made you to be a, a minister, part of a royal priesthood, a, a servant. It's part of what you're called to. And uh, this is a big deal. So he picked you to be a part of everything that's happening in his story, and then he said, but you know, and now we've got all stuff to do, and you've got stuff to do, I've got stuff to do, and that's a good thing, so we're not going to get bored um, and, you know, think that we can't add. We certainly can. We've all got gifts and talents and things that the Spirit gives us who we're to add to the group, but he called you, I chose you to be a minister. And then he gives us motivation. That's the third thing. He gives us a motivation. The rest of 1 Peter 2, 9 there. And the next part, a holy nation. A people belonging to God. So uh, I've talked to you before about holiness. And that, that holiness, you know, sometimes we think that the, the holiest of people are those who kind of separate themselves from the rest of the world, you know, or are not bothered by anybody and they sit up on a mountain somewhere. Um, oh, that's very... And, and um, I, I don't believe that's the, the true picture of holiness because if you were looking for what holiness looks like, you look at Jesus our model for life and ministry, and he certainly didn't do that. Um, he was down uh, amongst people, loving people, hanging out at parties. Um, that's where he went, and uh, he did that so he could be with people. And that um, holiness is, is best dis displayed by loving well. And, and here, you know, when you look at this, Peter says that we're a holy people. We're to be serving him, because he chose us, by loving well, and that we're a people belonging to God. And so, so as his people, um, we're, we're motivated to love like he loved, to, to love God and to love others extravagantly. So, so all of these things are happening, and we have a motivation for what he's called us to 
in the process, and he's given us a mission. Fourth thing, he's given us a mission. 1 Peter 2.9 says, You may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. That's our mission spelled out, the mission of the church, the, the mission that he's called us to as his people. Um, we're to declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness, which is what he did, that kingdom, into his kingdom, the kingdom of light, the kingdom of Jesus, the kingdom of God, um, and, and, and so we're called into that, and we're to declare his praises in the process. Um, and, and so we have a mission, we have a purpose. This is important. So many people think they don't count, don't matter, that's a value thing, and that there's nothing for them to do. And they, um, if, you, if you believe that you don't have purpose, that you don't matter, and that you don't have a, a mission, um, you, you, you can quickly just start running through the days um, and allowing them to become just, you know, you wake up looking for the time when you can go to sleep, to wake up, to go to sleep, and you miss life. You're sort of waiting for something um, and not living now. And that's not what we were called to. We have purpose. We have mission. There's things for us to do. Um, our mission at, at this church, we've, you know, we want to make sure everybody knows our mission, so we made it pretty simple. And I say it so often, I hope I could ask you, what's our mission? And you would look at me and say, one more. Um, that would be my hope. If, if not, well, you got it now. If that's ever the question, one more. If there's, you know, if there's ever you need a password to get in the door, <laughs> that's what it'll be. Try that first. One more. Um, and we did that on purpose. So we're always thinking about that. Hey, we've got something to do. We're called. We're one more, one more what? One more lost child back to dad. That's what we're supposed to do. And, uh, and so, so these are, you know, I think about these things. And, and remember, now it's coming from Peter who had messed up pretty bad. And he gets this and he's put back into place. And God uses him mightily because all of us will mess up on the journey. And sometimes you may think, well, I'm not going to, God can't use me now. Not true at all. And, and, uh, and so all these neat things are happening. You know, he's, he's picked us. He chose us, and, and um, he's called us to be uh, ministers and, and uh, to, you know, to represent him. He's given us his motivation of loving well. Um, he's given us a purpose, and so this is what you need to do. And, and then maybe best of all, point number five, he gives us a brand new start. Probably the best deal going. Um, a brand new start. First Peter 2.10, once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And I think coming from Peter who understood the mercy of God, the grace of God, and what a new start looks like, because that's what Jesus did for him in our scripture reading today. Brand new. Start over, Peter. Here you go. It's all new. It's all, it's all good. You follow me. Um, and, and just as, as Peter gets a new start and that encounter that he had with Jesus, we get one too. And, and not just one new start. Um, we, we get new starts constantly. Uh, if you've been here with me before, you've heard me say that. But, but I love a new start. Um, I need new starts. I'm, I'm really thankful every day for a new start. I've got to tell you right off the bat, I'm, I, I need a new start every morning. I mess up a lot. But I, I, it's not just enough that I get one in the morning. Um, sometimes I get, a, you know, I get a new start when I wake up, and then 10 minutes later I get another new start. <laughs> because I, I didn't wake up right. You know, and then sometimes 20 minutes later, I get another new start because it's just not going well. Anybody have a day like that? You know, and so sometimes you know, and and here's the the amazing thing: he just his he's, these new mercies keep happening. 
Here's another new start. It's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing thing. I, I call them, you know, the cosmic do-overs. Do-overs are things, you, if you're my age, you remember whenever, if you started a game with a bunch of other kids and you were out immediately, you know, you would petition for a do-over. I need a do-over on that. Um, and they would all look at you and go, yeah, okay. And start over again. Do-overs were wonderful things. You don't get many of them in life. Not in this life. But, but Jesus is good with the do-over. Yeah, okay, do-over. They get, look at the duo regate Peter. Wow, you really messed that up. You sure you love me? You know I love you. You sure? Yes. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm really sure. Okay, good. Do over. Start all over. New start. I'm going to use you, Peter. Just like I said in the beginning, follow me. Watch what happens. It's going to be an amazing walk. And uh, it's going to be an amazing life. So, so, you know, when we mess up, it doesn't mean we can't get back on track or that nothing will work out. So, so, you know, when we mess up, we make a bad choice, which is going to happen sometimes. You go running back to God, you confess your sin. And, and remember, I've talked about con what that means to confess. It doesn't mean that you go to God and say, well, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, I'll never do that again, because that's probably not true. What it means is you go to God and you say, you know what, you were right, I was wrong. So that's how we learn. That's how confession makes it. Your way was right, my way was wrong. Your word is right, my way was wrong. That's confession. You were right. I was wrong. And then he just loves us and says, okay, now go. And in the power of his spirit, he sends us to go again and do the right thing. Gives us a brand new start. And so, you know, think about that, that, that in this life where we've messed up so often, that God forgives us and he gives us a new start. He, he picks us. He's given us ministry. He's motivated us by his love. And, and he's looking to get one more back to him. And that's the amazing story of what's taking place there in John 21. And that's, uh, that's good for me today. If you're watching my video, thank you so much. Prayer, go to the website. We will happily pray for you. We hope to see you here soon.